Okay. Um, guess what? Yes. Maksar. Maksar. Guess what? We do Parsha, but the Parsha this week is Rosh Hashanah. We're gonna the to, the Torah readings of Rosh Hashanah is going to override the regular Torah reading. Okay. So if you have a Chumash, that's great. If you have a Maksar, that's great. Either way, you're ready to roll. Okay. You just have to. What? Get some words in front of you. What? Sarah's live. Sarah's live. Yeah. Yeah. Sarah's live. Yeah. 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 You're going to end up with the Torah readings for the first and the second day, okay? And then you're going to have, um, and then you're going to have the Haftorah after that, and then for Mincha. So essentially we have five different readings that I want to touch on in a short amount of time. This Always. is very doable. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you laughing at me, Nala? You're I'm like... I like feel you judged a little bit. It's, the sarcasm was just possible. <laughs> okay, so if you start with me, we're gonna if if you have a if you have a machzor that you're following along with, then it's on page one sixty four in the in the Chabad machzor. If you are if you have a chumish, it's from chumish. It's from Bereshis, from Parshas Vayera. Genesis twenty one one to thirty four. If you're in a Chumash, we did. We are not. We're pausing. Yantish, um, Sarah asked a very good question. We interrupt the regular reading of our Torah portions whenever we have a Chag. Okay. So this week, our Shabbos and Yantiv is going to be the Rosh Hashanah readings. Next Shabbos, between Rosh Hashanah and Kippur, we're going to do Hazinu. Okay. And then Sukkot is going to override, and it actually this year is going to. Um, on, on Simchat Torah, it will be Shabbos, and we will do the Zotah Bracha, and then we're going to have a whole week, so we have to do Bracious. But why is it, like, how is it, because in, in, in Alakha, like, there's a rule that everything that is, we do more in terms of, like, like, repeatedness overrides everything that is special. Right, so. But only in terms of Kodimus overrides, like. No, so it depends, it, yes and no, okay? Malki's point is well taken. What, it, what takes precedence in Halakha? And usually, Something that is more common takes precedence over something that is less common, except in many different occasions. So for, like, for every, it's like, it's like English, for every rule there are exceptions, right? No, that's why so, I learned in Hebrew. Oh, I can't ask you about Hebrew. I can't tell you about Hebrew. But, but, so like, basically what happens is, is that we know that, that, um, that, that whenever you have Shabbos and Chag, yeah. the Shabbos reading steps aside for Chag, mm-hmm. and the Chag steps into that space, which is why we were talking last time about the need for extra, extra Torah portions, why is it sometimes combined, da 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 So the Torah readings is different than a halachic, what takes precedence over what. Mm-hmm. So for example, like we know that Shabbos really is, is uh, everything else, yeah. Shab- Shabbos is Shabbos, right? We don't do, there's certain things we don't do on Shabbos. However, if a baby has to have a Brit Milah, oh, yeah. and his eighth day yeah. for a natural birth works out on Shabbat, then the Brit Milah overrides the Shabbos. Yeah. And Sorry, you do, I forgot about that. Right? So then you do, there's lots of places in Halacha where that firm rule is not so firm. 
Okay, so it's not always that whatever is the more common comes first. Sometimes it's it 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 it, uh, it changes around. So this so this Shabbos we have Rosh Hashanah. So the first reading that we have for the first day, and if you take a look, you'll see Rosh Hashanah. We really have five aliyahs, but because it's Shabbos, there's going to be a little bit insert in the in the places. We need to still have the seven Torah readings. Okay, so if you're following a Chumash in Bereshis chapter twenty one verses one to three, if you're looking inside. We have Hashem remembering Sarah and the birth of Isaac. It's going to happen over here. And if you take a look, in the middle of the Levi Aliyah, we're going to have a break that if it's Shabbos, we throw in another Aliyah over here, and it's going to go all the way through. Now, the, the, if just to, so at least we get the story of what's going on, we have Yitzchak, we have, Yitzchak, we have Isaac's birth. We have Sarah seeing that. We have Sarah seeing that. Yishmael is a bad influence on her son. She says to Avraham uh, to send Yishmael away, right? Yes. Sounds vaguely familiar? Yeah. Okay, so uh, then we move on to our next Aliyah, and, um, and Hashem, Avraham is actually very bothered by that, and Hashem says, by the way, in the line of one of my favorite lines of Chomish, here it is. <laughs> Whatever Sarah tells you to do, listen to her. She's higher, she's higher in prophecy. The Avraham is very interesting because Hasidus explains that Sarah, um, that Avraham is the reflection of the soul and Sarah is the reflection of the body. So it's very interesting. If you, you know, we talk about stories and the pshat and how do you take it out of the pshat and what does it mean then. It's very interesting. In the pshat level, we have Hashem telling Avraham to listen to Sarah. She is a greater prophetess. She has greater insight into the education of her child. But if you look at it from a Hasidic point of view, essentially the soul is being told, listen to the body, follow the body, and see what the body has to say. And Hasidus, the, the, the other, let's say, the next three lines of that has to do with how trained is the body. Is the, if the body is a holy body and is has been trained to listen to Hashem, then very often that will be the more intuitive. The, the soul has to follow the body because it's not like the body is saying, I want to stay in bed with Ben and Jerry's and Mike and Ike's and I don't want to get up and do whatever I need to do. Then maybe that shouldn't be listened to. Maybe. I'm not saying. I'm just putting out that perhaps it isn't exactly it. But we have many, many stories of different places where righteous people, their bodies... Mm-hmm sort of react in a way that doesn't, that doesn't seem to be able to be explained easily. Um, they, tell a, they tell a story of, um, of uh, I'm blanking on who it was. He was a chassid of a few different rebbes, and I'm blanking on his name. And he was, he, he was already older, and he was driving in a wagon, and the wagon started to go, oh, and he was asleep, he fell asleep in the wagon. And he's and it started to go over like a rickety bridge. And in halacha, it says there's a little little known halacha that I guess doesn't affect us so much today. Is that if you're driving over an unstable bridge, you shouldn't you should walk across the bridge, not be on an animal. So you, it's like as a safety thing, just in case anything happens, the bridge isn't so safe. Like walk across, don't don't drive across. Um, and so as he's asleep in the wagon, and as the wagon gets onto this bridge, he all of a sudden wakes up, and he gets, and they're like, what do you do? He's like, my body, I've trained my body already to, to only listen to Hashem. So if I'm not supposed to be sleeping at this point as I go across the bridge, I didn't wake my body up. My body woke itself up and said, get out of the wagon and walk, okay? 
just as a, you know, I don't know if this is like definitely something that we should trust ourselves all the time for, but something, it's an interesting thing. I side nothing to nothing. I mean, a side story to my story. I, I remember as a kid, I was at like one of these amusement parks and they had a hypnotist and um, they had this, this girl was called up. I'm going to show you what an amazing hypnotist I am, blah, 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 blah. And he puts her under and he says, okay, um, he said, okay, you're sitting in your car. And she puts her hands on the steering wheel and he says, start the motor. And she did this. <laughs> she clicked her seatbelt before she started the motor. Now, maybe the whole thing was bluffing. Maybe she wasn't really hypnotized, but it made such an impression on me. Like this was such an ingrained part of her life that before she started the motor, let's say she was under hypnosis, she clicked in her seatbelt. And if we can train our body in a Torah way to do that, it's possible. It's very possible that we have trained ourselves that before we take a bite out of, we make a bracha. Like, even when you're maybe, like your brain isn't kicked in yet, but your body is already doing, I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a thing, it's possible. So, so, so Oh, that was Avram telling Zara and the other. Okay, I'm just trying to retrace my, my stream of consciousness to see where I got any place. Okay, so that the so the beginning of the so that's the almost towards the end. Oh no, oh no. So then, Hashem promises that He's also going to be great, and um, Hagar and Yishmael are in the desert, and they run out of water, and Yishmael is feverish, and and she basically is ready to give up hope. And if you see over here, we're in. Uh, Verse of oh, the this doesn't have verses. I'm sorry. We're in the in the fourth aliyah for Shabbos, that um, that uh, he's sick and she puts him down and she's like, I can't see him die. And if anybody has, if anybody's following the chumash and give us psukim because I don't have it marked in the in the, the machzor that I'm using, and it's and um, I have. Uh, it's uh, based. It's a very lovely name. Yeah. Right. Vishmalo kemes kol anar. Base. Verse 21, chapter right. 21, right. verse, no, it can't be Bayes. It's too, it's not far enough. No. No. The fourth Aliyah for Shabbos? No, no, the fourth Aliyah, it, it, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be early. It's not for Shabbos. It's like, Revi. No, Revi, but it's not over here. It's like, uh, no, it's Bayes. No, it's in chapter 21. Yeah. You're, yeah. You're, in, you're in chapter 21. Right. No, this is not, here's chapter 21. Yeah. Here's chapter, chapter 21. <clears throat> Oh, you're starting. You're starting. Yeah, over here. I'm over here. So someplace over here. Whatever. It's it's someplace in there. I promise you. Um, it's in the in the Rosh Hashanah reading. It's in the middle of the Yisrael Aliyah, um, and and she Hagar cannot watch her son die, and so um, and so she sort of puts him down, and she goes to the side, and um, and it says, and Hashem listens to the voice of this of the of the child. And an angel comes to Hagar and says to her, why are you crying? And she says, I can't watch him die. And, he, and Hashem opens up her eyes, or the angel opens up her eyes, and she's oh, able to see a, 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 a mayan. She's able to see a well of water. She's able to give him to drink. And, um, and, then it's, and, and so, she, so she saves. So I want to point out a couple of things here. First of all, the Pasuk tells us that... Um, that Hashem listens to the voice of the Nar, this child, Vasher Husham, as he is there. And Rashi over there stops and says that the angels came to God and they said, why are you saving this child? Don't you know what his descendants are going to do to your children? 
right, the descendants of Ishmael, what they're going to do to the Jewish people over the years. And God said, what is he like now? Not what is the future. What is he like now? Now he's deserving of salvation, so we're going to save him now. Um, and it's an interesting thing, I, I feel like, that how do we look at ourselves? How do we look, for sure, how we look at others, but I, I want to focus for a second on how we look at ourselves. And sometimes we're like, but I did, and I w- where am I now? Can I stay focused? Can I stay present in this moment? Can I be worthy of deliverance here and now? That's what counts. Not what's going to happen tomorrow, what's going to happen in a week, what's going to happen in a year. That, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But for right now, what are we deserving of? Can we sit in that space of deservedness? And isn't that, a, like a, 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 I think, a gift we need to give ourselves? That place of that, that gift of compassion to be able to say we are we are worthy and we're able to do it, and then at the end of the at the end of that Torah reading, we have um, uh, that the that um, Abimelech comes to have a covenant with with Abraham, blah 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 blah. Okay, that's the first Torah reading. Um, so we have the birth of Isaac and the first half Torah reading, which is going to be on page one seventy if you're following along in the Machzer. And it's in Samuel, if you are not following along in the Machzor, it's not going to be, you're going to need a, a Tanakh to follow along. It, it's going to be in the beginning of Samuel, and we're going to have the beginning, we're going to have the birth of, of Samuel. Samuel the prophet, Shmuel, Shmuel Hanavi is going to, we're going to have the discussion of Chana and Penina and Elkanah, and this whole family situation, how they used to come up every single year. And Panina has many, many children, and Hannah has no children. And finally, it reaches a breaking point where Hannah comes into the house of God. It was in Shiloh. It was in the Mishkan. It was in the tabernacle. It was before the, before the temple is built. And she, she pours out her heart before Hashem. Um, I don't have the... It's like... I'm going to say it's probably like in chapter 1 of Samuel, it's probably like 10 or 15 verses in. And Elkanah is trying to comfort her. And Hannah is, she comes out, she goes after the meal and she goes to the... Here, it's um, good. Oh, okay, oh, I was right. Yeah. Right, 10, right? Yeah. And she's brokenhearted and she pours out her heart in prayer to God. And she, she swears that if you see me and you, you, you know, uh, you don't forget me and you give me a male child, I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall come upon his head. She essentially says, if you give me, and the commentators talk about, if you give me a tzaddik, not just a potential tzaddik, but a child who is in fact going to be a righteous person, I will consecrate him from utero to be a nazir. He will not be allowed to cut his hair or have wine or all this kind of stuff. And I will give him back to God. And Eli, the, the high priest, is watching. And he sees her lips. He, right? Hannah was speaking to herself. Only her lips moved, but her voice could not be heard. And Eli thought that she was drunk. And he says to her, how long are you going to be drunk? Like, to paraphrase Eli, get over yourself, right? You're in the house of God. What are you doing? Like, woman, pull it together, right? And she says to him, she says to him, she says, Lo, lo know my master. I'm a broken-hearted person. I'm not drunk. I'm pouring out my heart to God. And 
Then Eli answers her, go in peace, and Hashem should answer your requests. And the, and the Pasuk continues, the, the, sorry, the chapter continues that she does in fact get pregnant, she does have a child, she keeps him at home till he's three years old, and then she brings him back to the house of, of the Lord, and he ends up living with Eli and with the priests, and he ends up being the, one of the greatest prophets that we ever have. He, he anoints the first two kings of Israel, Saul and David, this is sort of the beginning of, of, of his, his uh, this is his beginning. I want to pause here for a second. Because our sages tell us that we learn a lot of laws of prayer from Hana. Okay? Now, um, we learn that you need to speak so that you could hear, but not so loud that other people can hear. You actually have to move your lips. You can't just sight read your prayer. This place of pouring out your heart to God we get from Hana. And um, it's interesting, and, the, and there's a conversation that goes on about she's not the first person in Tanakh that prays. Who do we know who has prayer? Most everyone. <laughs> okay, everyone was a good answer. Moshe's not there yet. Right? No, Moshe's before. Yeah. Moshe's before. Avraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov. So we don't have a call to prayer, but we have this. We do. We definitely have Avraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov. One of, and so the, the, the sages want to know why Hannah? Why is Hannah the paradigm for prayer? Why is she the one who, like, we learn the laws? Why can't we learn from Abraham? Why can't we learn from Isaac? Like, there are people who prayed before her. Why her specifically? And they talk about the idea that what is prayer supposed to accomplish? Connection. But the thing is, like, you, you don't have to scream if you're close. Like, you're not, not, to, like, I'm not right. How to, how to bring the. There's different ways of prayer. There's different ways of prayer. I'm not going to get into different ways of prayer. Like there are definitely communities where they definitely pray very loud. I'm not getting into that conversation. Um, but one of the things that they talk about the idea is that Hannah comes to God and says, I don't deserve this, but I still want you to change every single law that you have created. She's a barren woman. So not only do I want you to give a barren woman children, but I am very specific in what kind of child I would like to receive. Tzadik. I want a tzaddik. But then she'll I, give him in what? service. She'll give him in service. She's giving him in service, correct. So she's going to give him in service, but she's very specific about what it is that she's looking for. She's definitely looking for, not just like, it's not like I need somebody to show up and show with. I need a, a toy to dress. That's not what she's saying. She's definitely saying that I have this need my soul has seen it. When Ailey stops her and says, you're drunk, she says, no, you do not understand. This is such a deep need in my soul, not just for Instagram. I really, really need this for my soul. I see that there's something that I can give back to God. Like it's not selfish. It's not selfish. It's not, so, it's, 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 but it's also asking for some, hello, of all the things that Hashem sets up for us, the sages tell us what is the one thing he does not decree before a soul is, is born. Anybody know? Before before, before a soul is before any soul is conceived, the 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 soul is brought to heaven, and they say, is it going to be rich or smart, rich or poor, you know, smart or sil or stupid, but not if it's going to be righteous. Not if you're righteous or not. That's not a that's that's not decided in heaven. That's what we decide here with our behavior. And Khan is saying. But still. Yeah. But still. So, I want you to change the laws that you set up. You, Hashem, set a law that we don't 
you know, this is not in my hands, and Hannah is saying, but still, prayer is coming from a place, tefillah is coming from a place of such connection and such, not saying I earned this, I'm not coming as thanks, I'm coming and I am begging from the depths of my soul for something out of the ordinary. Out of the ordinary. And when we say, how do we learn, where do we learn the laws of prayer from? We don't ask for somebody who just was going and thanking God in the fields or praying for here. We, we learn the laws of prayer from a woman who said, my soul needs this and I'm asking you, God, to change everything that you said you would do for this. And she got it. So, you know, yes, on the surface level we have you know, Sarah's given a child and Hannah's given a child, and that could be a very like nice little segue situation over here. You know, the first day deals with children being born, right? But but more than that, more than that, we're Rosh Hashanah and we're standing before God and we're saying, This is what my soul needs. Not for me, but for my service of you, right? Because we all we all see. She says, I'm going to give him back to God, and she in fact does bring him when he's three years old back to God. Like, what is it, and I want to challenge us to think for a second, what is it that we need to serve Hashem? Because when we come to, when we come to Rosh Hashanah and we're going to daven, and, and there's lots of words to say in the master, I promise you. <laughs> the master could fill up all your time if, if that's where you're going to stay with it. But I want us to challenge ourselves and say, honestly, what do I need to serve Hashem the best? What is it that I need? And if we could be honest with us and say, I'm not saying we don't get to ask for the things that we selfishly want. You know what I mean? Like, that's also like, <laughs> let, we're, we're human. Like, I'm not going to say that. But can we really, where is that deep-seated need is not going to be for how we look good on Instagram. But what is it that we really, really need to serve Hashem properly with and to not be afraid to bring it to the table? On Rosh Hashanah, when Hashem is... You know, everything is getting decided and everything, all things being equal, what do we need to serve Hashem? And can we, you know, it's, it's also, I want to say, this is my own thing, so you really don't have to take it if you don't want to. If we show up in shul and haven't thought about this before, like whatever we think of on the spur of the moment is probably not our deep-seated need, right? Chana was going for years to 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 Sheila, and this was something that was an you know like this was a, a thing with her right, but I think like even if we haven't thought about something for years, if we take the time before we go into show, take our quiet space and think and picture for ourselves what do we want our year to look like? How do we want to move in our service of Hashem? What do we need to facilitate that? Then then we come into Rosh Hashanah, we're more prepped. We're more prepped. We've thought about this for like five minutes before we walked in and said, this is my deep need. Yeah, this is my deep need because I've given the space to, to really put words to it. Sorry, you had a question or comment? Yeah, I was just going to ask, so basically what we learned from her is like to have this deep need and like for it to be, like I want to say authentic, but also to ask for something specific. Like not just to say, I want a son, but to say, I want this, this, and this. To be as specific in our prayers as possible. I'm gonna say yes and no. I'm gonna say yes and no because you know, all of us are, are amazing and wonderful and whatever. Hannah does have the the advantage, she was a prophetess, mm-hmm. so she does have like a, maybe a step above us. Um, do we want to 
I, I think that we could ask for whatever we want. Do you know what I mean? Like God's our father, God's our king. We could ask whatever we want. But I, I, I worry, and again, it's my personal thing, that if we are so specific that we are going to miss the bracha that we actually get because it wasn't as specific as we wanted. And, and the thing is that while we, we, we really believe this is what it is that we need, maybe like give ourselves some wiggle room in case God has a different picture of what it is that we need and then we should be able to receive what it is that he's giving us. Because if, like, you know, how would the story have turned out if, if she had a child and it wasn't Samuel the prophet? Like, we would never have heard the whole, we, we, we wouldn't hear the whole story, right? We wouldn't have heard about the story. Um, would it make her prayer less valid? I don't know, but I'm just saying, like, I wonder how... Do you know what I'm saying? I, I don't know. Like, she, defi- she definitely was very, very specific in what she asked for. She was definitely very specific in what she asked for. And I wonder, how do we do specific but open? Mm-hmm. Kind of like... Okay, that's really hard. Right? Yeah. yeah. Right, because, listen, just open is like saying something, clean your room. Like, that's not helpful. Right? Yeah. Just clean your room is just... Mm-hmm. Not gonna happen. Like saying I want a good year, like praying for a good year, like that that's, that's, a lot of different yeah. things. Correct. So that's ve- that's wh- that's more open. Yeah. And I'm saying yes, yeah, so I would think again, this is Rich Marva, so whatever, you know, take it as you wish. Yeah, I feel like you could totally be more specific than that, but if but if you say like you know, I I would like to have a raise in my job of like a specific number. Like a specific number that's like I really have more planned for you. You just limited it. Or like, eh, maybe a different job is really where you need to be headed. Like, I, I don't know how specific it is that we want to be. And I do think saying, can we have a good year is too general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? I think it, feel, it feels like a little too open. You yeah. know what I mean? I, you could argue with me. I'm not, you know. No, I was just curious. Yeah. Thank you. Also, I think like, I've heard so many times that when you were dubbing for the your brochure, like you should you should formulate it that you're not getting the bracha for shidduch and you're not getting the, like you're not davening for shidduch you're davening for zibuk because you never know how Hashem is gonna set up like it's I don't I don't understand the difference. What's no, 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 zibuk? is your match and a basharit is a person who's no no for not for no the difference is between the shidduch and the zibuk. Like when you when you dabbing for the village. What, what do these I words mean? I, 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 Malki, I think it's I think it's a too specific uh, nuance that I'm not getting it. No, but like it's like you cannot. I don't understand for what a certain person. Never. Oh, like, oh. You, you are I don't want to see. Oh, I'm not. Ma- I'm not dabbing. I want to marry that person. Yeah. I want to marry the, the perfect person yeah. that I should be matched. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay. Now I understand. Okay, good into language. Real. I hear that. I I accept that. I'm thinking maybe it's not like an easy answer. It's something that you have to gain awareness of over time. So, for example, you have to like first recognize where is the blessing in my life and where and see to trace back. Like, is this something I asked for? Is it correlated? And then over time, you know, like you get this like range of how specific, and then you can start pushing it and asking for more. Right. And I want to add one more thing to that because that's a, that's a very good point. But I think that sometimes we dive in for A, B, C, and D. And we only focus on the D that we didn't get. Mm-hmm. And if we were actually going to look back and say, what happened? What was my? What were all the things that I dove in for? Mm-hmm. Like, I think like the 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 nature, the human nature, and one of the things maybe that we do have to work on 
you, know, you walk into a, a room that has shoes in the middle of the floor, you don't see that the whole room is clean. You just see the shoes on the floor, right? So like, same thing with prayer. Like, we asked for all these things, and I didn't get this. Well, hello, what happened to the other stuff, and did you get that? And if we don't ever reflect, then we don't actually ever see the brachas that we have received. And like you're saying, how specific was I able to be with it? And that even, oh, that was when I didn't even think about you know, how many, how many times is that happening? So yeah, I want to, I want to, so that's what's going on our first day, okay? Okay, so now we're the, Those two are both read on the first day. Those, that's, to, that's the Torah reading and the half Torah oh. for the first day. Gotcha. So the first day, because it's Shabbos, we're going to have seven readings, and the, the prayer of Hannah is going to be the half Torah for the first day. Question? I just, when I, when I listen to her prayer, it, it seems that the general is whatever you're asking for, it should be a voice of Shem, right? Whatever I'm asking for, it's to bring glory and to service of you. So, you know, give me the job that I'm looking for, whatever it is, but make sure that it's in service to everything you do with Hashem, and that's the general part. And then whatever comes out specific, yeah, you want it to be a, a positive atmosphere. You want it to be a leadership in the in the, in the workplace. You go to general, but then whatever comes, you know. To be open for it. That's a good point. That's a good point. Thank you, Doctor. Okay, so we need the Torah reading and the half Torah reading. We are moving along so nicely. This is great. Okay, Torah reading for the second day. Oh, by the way, I'm going to pause for a second before the Torah reading. Second day, Mincha. There's a reading. Mincha time. They they read. They're going to read Hazinu. Um, the fir- not the whole Hazinu, but the beginning of it. So that's going to be, what, which is, what is Mincha time. Oh, Hazinu is next week. Hazinu, the whole, to- meaning Mincha, you read the reading of the upcoming, the upcoming Shabbos. So Mincha, we're going to be reading from Hazinu, um, which is uh, the song that we're not, re- we're, like if you've been following along with reading, learning the Torah every week, learning the Parsha every week, you've been doing Hazinu, you're going to do it again next week. And we're going to read it next. The whole part is going to be read next week in show. Second day reading. Okay. What? Question, huh? Okay. We're just saying how we know Hazinu. Like yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It what is Hazinu? Hazinu is the, uh, the second to the last Torah portion. And it's where Moshe is sort of bringing heaven and earth as witness to the Jewish people's behavior. And in case they, because we spoke about this, like how Moshe mentions many times that in case they go off the way as they are want to and things get, they get successful and da da da. So he's actually calling heaven and earth as witness and we're gonna talk about it more next week because we have to deal with Hazinu next week. But that's the, the cliff notes of Hazinu. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's considered a song it's Shiras Hazina, remember last week? I think you saw in your Chomish how it's written out in columns. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's definitely written as poetry, not just as prose. And, um, and it's, it's like a song of warning. And we'll talk about it next week because there's just so much to say about it. Okay? Second day of Rosh Hashanah, back to page 164. We have the Akedah. Okay, which you've been learning in Chomish, I think, in some of the classes. Boom. Boom. Tiny tight. Okay. So, um, I'm just reading your notes. <laughs> right? Okay. Why are you laughing so hard? Okay. Um, so, so, the second day reading, we have the Akeda. Okay, we have the whole story of Hashem telling Avraham, 
to bring Yitzchak up as a, as a sacrifice. Huh? No, it's in Lech Lecha. No, it's in Vayera. It's the end of Vayera. It's right oh, so before. Vayera, it's still it's Vayera. Really, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's Vayera. It's chapter 22, verses 1 to 24. It's the end of Vayera and Chaisar immediately follows after that. Okay? So the end, the last chapter is going to be the Akeda. And... Um, and uh, I do want to talk about it for, for a little bit. I know that we've been learning that in, in class, so I don't want to go into some of the details. I want to some go into... Okay, some of us are Okay, some are and some aren't. So I want to go into it a little bit, and I want to go into other parts. And then, uh, and then we'll get on to the Haftorah for a second. So the Akedah, um, a couple of things. First of all, we know that the Akedah... You see, found it? Yeah. Genesis 22. 22. Yeah, Genesis 22, 1 to 34. Um, 1 to 24, I'm sorry, 1 to 24. Um, so uh, the Akedah is considered the 10th test of Avraham. Pirkei Avosah tells us that Avraham was tested 10 times and he passed all of them. And then there's a whole conversation in the Medrash, what were the 10 tests, where do you start the 10 tests? But everybody agrees that the Akedah is the 10th and final test for Avraham. Okay, it's interesting, I want to point out, it's interesting that the te- it is not considered a test for Yitzchak. Okay, you would think that being, you know, sort of put in, put in place to be slaughtered might be a test for some people, but it's actually considered Avraham's test. It's not considered Yitzchak's test. We're going to get into it in a second. Um, and we have this whole place of Avraham doing it, taking his people with him, and... Um, through, they've traveled for three days, and the Medrash talks, and all the Mepharsh and the commentaries talk about the idea that there's a place for Avraham to not be, for it to not be an impetuous situation. They've been traveling for three days till they go, and they find the place. And he says to them, Avraham says to the, to the people who are with him, and Rashi points out that it's Yishmael and Eliezer, he says, stay here with the donkeys, v'ani v'anar nelchad, ko, we will go there, v'nishtachave v'nashub aleichem. Huh? And come back. We will go bow and we will come back. Okay, it's said in plural form all the way through. And um, Rashi says on the spot, anybody learned Rashi? Mm-hmm. Did you guys cover Rashi? What did Rashi say? That it's interesting because he is supposed to sacrifice him, so why is he saying that they will come back? Right, so what does Rashi say? I think he says, like, he was, like, going to come back regardless, like, Double, like even if he sacrificed the son, like the spirit would still be there. I think, I think, I if I'm not mistaken, I think Rashi says that he said that Av- the Rashi says that Avraham was giving a prophecy without actually knowing it. And back to that conversation of our bodies, Atzadik's body, knowing what the soul maybe doesn't catch on to right away, that his body was putting out there that we will, we will be coming back, right? But, but he didn't know it. He didn't know it. At this point, he didn't know anything. He didn't know that it wasn't happening. Yitzchak didn't know yet. But Yitzchak was like 20-something. 37. Yitzchak's 37. Yitzchak's 37, right? So Avraham says, we're going to go over and come back. And the Gemara says that the fact that Avraham says, v'nashuva aleichem, and we will come back to you, actually stands for the Jewish people as a promise that we will come back to God, which is an interesting thing that we're reading this in Rosh Hashanah. That Vinashuva Aleichem is not just, uh, yes, Avraham said it to the people, we will come back to you, but the Gemara says that this actually gives us the power of tshuva, because Avraham says, Vinashuva Aleichem, we will come back to you, 
is, 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 a, is a power of tshuva for us that we are able to tap into in different parts of our history. It's that phraseology comes up and we get to do that again. So, and then they start walking. Now, I want to look at the conversation that they have because in Torah, it's very, very, very verbose. For, for Torah, this is a very wordy conversation, right? How do, you learn, how do you learn the laws of Shabbos? Oh, because those laws are juxtaposed next to those laws. laws so now we know that what you did in the tabernacle, you can't do on Shabbos. Look at this conversation they have here, okay? So they're going. The two of them are going together, right? And Yitzchak says, El Avraham Aviv. He says to Avraham, his father. Now, do you want to read? And he says, um, Sorry, I think My here. 165, who else is there? Who else is there? No. And Yitzchak says to Avraham, his father. Like there were four Avrahams over there. It's like Mendel in 770. Like, what do you mean? Like, how many? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, how, like, who else was there to talk to? Who was there for? Why, who was why there? Is this that why, so specific. I why don't, he, like, call him, like, oh, like. Rivka Margo, my mother. It's just like, you know, right, so he says, right, so he says to Avraham, my father. He says to Avraham, his father. He says to Avraham, his father, and he says, my father. And then what does his father respond? My son. My son, I'm here. My son. My Nini. son. My son. He named That's again. He named That's right? again being so specific. Like, we already know. It's the two of them. But, but he's not saying his name. Right. Didn't we go through this, like, the previous lesson that he said... Uh, like he, he, it was a test for to ask Abraham, like, oh, like my dad, like, where are you? Like, or am I still your son? You still consider me to be your son? Because like they said that uh, I, Yitzhak already knew he was going to be sacrificed. So he was How does he know? No, he didn't. How know. does he know? Oh, at this point, he doesn't know. 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 He's like he's not an idiot, so he's kind of <laughs> suspicious, right? There's us two. There's wood. There's a knife. Is there a time? Time? Uh, right? Where's the offering? And where's the offering? Also remember, of all the things that would be easy to find on the spot, like what would be the hardest thing to find on the spot? A sheep would be the hardest thing to find on the spot, right? Possibly if we're going on a mountain, there's going to be some wood that we could, like you don't have to take the kindling wood with you, travel with it for three days. Like, So you're right, you're right. He's not totally cool. He's like, what's going on over here? And one of the things that the, that the commentators talk about it, the idea is exactly what you said. Where is this coming from? He's checking, is, the, is, is my father old and senile? Does he know what's going on? Does he know what's happening over here? Right? Avram's 137 years old. Like, I know he's going to live to 175, but still, like, 137. Like, he wants to, you know, there's a place where he's like, he's definitely checking in with the situation. And, and Avram is saying, yes. Here, you know, the, you are my son. I we have this relationship, and then he's and then what does Avraham, then what does Avram say? That God will show us the sheep, the sheep my, son. my son. Meaning, Depends. this isn't my. So, well, yes, for sure, as you're saying, 
Depend what's going to happen. The end of the story. We'll see what happens. Whatever God decides is going to be the end of the story. Put the comma. We, we depend here. Put the comma. But also remember that Avram himself, Avram himself is not aware of that nuance. Avram himself is not aware of the nuance. He does not think that there is any nuance in this conversation. He spoke into Hashem. Hashem. Yes, Hashem. But what he is giving over to Yitzchak is that this is from God. That this is from God. This is not. I woke up one morning and decided that in this whole monotheism, anti-child uh, <laughs> sacrifice is, well, I was wrong, and I, no, that's not what's going on. That This is definitely, meaning, and I want to, for a second, I want to think about this. Avram heard this from Hashem, so he's on board. Yitzchak only hears from his father that he heard from Hashem. And how much strength Whoa. does it take to say, okay, it's right. from God. I'm with it. Right? Avram hears it from Hashem. That's like one level. Yitzchak only hears about it from his father, his father who said, I heard it from God. God told me. God told me. A lot of respect me. for his father. A lot of respect for God. For, mm. for, it's a lot of so respect like, for his so father. And it's also a lot, it's also, it's also a lot, um, it tells us a lot about the personality of Yitzchak. And, and the commentators are going to talk about the idea, why is this not considered a test for Yitzchak? Very natural for him. What's Yitzchak's mida? What's Yitzchak's character trait? Gevura. Gevura. What's Avraham? Chesed. Chesed. Avraham's Chesed. Yitzchak's Gevura. Yitzchak's like, Mr. Snefesh, sacrifice? I'm in. I could do this. Like, and he says, make sure I don't flinch. Make sure I don't flinch because a sacrifice, a sacrifice that anybody offering the sacrifice has the wrong, oh, by the way, when I was learning Shrines, I was freaking out about this. But a different story. But when you offer a sacrifice, if anybody involved in the sacrifice, in the offering of the sacrifice, has wrong intentions, not wrong behavior, wrong intentions, the sacrifice is no longer valid. So Yitzhak's like, let's get this one right. Like, I don't want to flinch. I don't want nothing to go wrong over here, right? Yitzhak, it's it, with more, knows, yeah. it's, no, when he's, he's going to go. Now they're going to go forward. Now he knows. Now Yitzhak knows. You know, Avram has given the message. In case some sheep miraculously shows up, you're off the hook. But, right? But, so Yitzchak's like, he's a, he can do this. And he walks with the same amount of purpose as Avraham, who's been sitting with this information for three days, has. Which is going to tell you something about the difference of the personality between Avram and Yitzchak. Right? Like, Yitzchak can get into this one much easier. And then what's going to happen... Wait, yeah. So only after this encounter, only mm-hmm. after this that like, that actually happens. The like the CG say that the like the husband you say that the like the 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 Ethan actually got it. So only after this he, listen, only They're they're going for three days. We're gonna have a okay. you know, this isn't let's let's pause for this isn't a, a, a family like that we just go hiking on yeah. a regular basis. Like, you know, we're gonna go have like, you know, our our trip and we're right? Avram and Yitzhak do spiritual things. They do God things together. So Avram says to Yitzhak, Yala, we're going, we're going for a service. We're going to go serve Hashem. Let's go. And they go travel for three days. I don't know at what point before that Yitzhak would have said, like, what's going on? What's this, what's this amazing service that we're doing? We're going to go travel for three days. So Baba, we're you know, just leading and going. But yes, definitely after this conversation, because when he brings up, the, when Yitzhak brings up the conversation, Yitzhak's opening the conversation, He's like, like we're not finding the sheep there. Yeah, like we're not. Just clarifying the situation. Like, yeah. What's going on over here, right? We're going. It looks like this is some kind of sacrifice situation going on. 
what's going on? Okay. And that's where Avram said, and, and it's interesting because the Medrash actually points out that the Satan comes to speak to Yitzchak and gives him, and they're trying to stop both of them, meaning something made, they both understand that something major is happening and has to go down, and they're both saying, we're not letting anything get in our way. Doesn't matter if you come as an old man, you come as a young person, doesn't matter all those places that their obstacles are gonna come into their way and say, you know, to stop us from doing this, we're moving, to, we're moving forward, and they actually get up to the top. Abraham actually, they build the, they build the altar, he binds Yitzchak on it, and then, and then, no, one second, I'll just find it, okay? If you take a look, I don't know what, I don't know what Pusk it is, but it's in the Yisrael Aliyah, so it's like a couple of verses down from where we were, and it says that Avram stretches out his hand, yeah. right? I don't know, do you have a Pusk? What verses? I don't remember. I don't have the Pusk written here. Vayishach Avram Esiodo, he like, you could hear like, a, a, a conscious act going on. Yud, yeah. right? He's like stretching out his hand, right? Yeah, and the, the Midrash was saying like he like had a really small pause where he's just checking if the blade was sharp enough, and that's when it happened. So that, so that's one answer. You could, your your common psychology would say like father doing this, even though it's for God, is still an effort, <coughs> right? But if you go back to our other thing about the tzaddik's body being intuitive to what Hashem wants, his body isn't letting him do this. His body is, is putting up resistance. His body knows. His, he does know. And so that's why in that pause is where the angel comes to him and says, stop. The angel comes to him and says, stop. But his body would know or his soul would know? His body. His, a tzaddik's body would know. A tzaddik's body would know. Um, meaning, I don't know how it works like that, but that's what they say. And there's different, a whole bunch of different kinds of stories that they have. So according to one of the commentators, you're talking about that, that, his, that intuitively his body was fighting him because it understood that this wasn't Hashem's desire. And then the Gemara talks about the, the conversation that goes on is that Hashem, Aaron's like, let me just make some kind of, like something, do something like, and Hashem's like, no, no, there was never, the commandment was never to offer him as a sacrifice. The, uh, the commandment was to lift him up. Lahaleu to put him up as a sacrifice, to, to bring him up, not to kill him. And that's when they see the lamb, and they the ram, and they do it, and they shaft it, and then shofar, we go shofar because of the thing. Great. Um, um, and the end of the parsha, we have the we have the birth of we have the birth of Rivka. But um, there's a lot of conversation about about like what was so great about this. Like what was so great about Avraham? Because at the end, the end of this, the end of this, when Hashem says, Hashem says, "Don't kill him. Don't, don't, don't do anything." Da da. Now I know that you're a God-fearing person, and don't do anything to your son. Da 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 da. And that's when the heads around, right? So first of all, like a lot of the commentators talk about the idea, like. What do you mean now you know? Now you know that I serve Hashem? Like, what have I been doing? I, I, I uprooted my life when I was 75 years old. My wife was abducted. I went to Egypt. Like, my life's been nothing but sacrifice for you. And now you know that this is, this is, this is for Hashem? And it's interesting. Both, like, the Vilna Gon talks about this. And in Hasidus, they talk about the idea. In other places, they talk about the idea that as soon as Abraham was able to act in a midah that was not his natural midah, we could say that whatever he did, he served Hashem. Whatever he was doing, he was serving Hashem. 
because he's able to not only do things that are nice and kind and, and loving, but he's also able to act with severity and with strictness and with withholding, which is the opposite Mida. But there's a whole, there, there's a story that's told about in the court of the Alter Rebbe that there were, the Alter Rebbe, they, they, they had like place, people who learned with the Alter Rebbe and there were people who were not able to come into that learning place, but they used to hang around and they used to like, and the people who didn't, who weren't let into the school were also very, very great people. And they, there was once this conversation going on between three of them. And they were talking about the Akedas Yitzhak and they were saying like, one says like, like if Hashem said it to me, I, I would also, I would also listen, you know, like God said it to him specifically, but maybe I would hesitate. So he said the greatness of Avram is that he didn't hesitate. And he like got up in the morning and he was, you know, and then somebody else says, but you know, like, um, the, but the, you know, the other one talks about how he would go slower and the other one, and then somebody else is like, Avram didn't actually sacrifice his son, right? And through history, we had many people who actually did sacrifice their selves, their, selves, their children, like, the end, Yitzhak doesn't get killed. Like, they were having this conversation about what was so great about what was going on. And the last one said, you know what was so great about Avram? Is that he was the first. And he opened up that pathway for all of us. And the Alphabet said, they're all right, but that is, that is really, what is so amazing about, about what Avraham did, that the pathway to Basir Snefesh, which people afterwards are able to step through, people who don't believe, don't live practicing lives, but to be able to step into that place, it was because Avraham went the first, and he cut through that path, and he opened up that, that, that space, and once that place is open, and it's true actually in many, many different fields, they talk about, and I forgot to check the, the statistics, but somebody might know, that took for a certain, for many, many, many years, people couldn't break a one-minute mile to run, to run a mile. And as soon as the record was broken the uh. first time, the record kept getting broken and broken and broken and broken. There are certain things like they come, once the thing, once this, this blockage is broken through, whether you're talking about in a spiritual thing or not in a spiritual thing, once it's broken through, then, you know, did anybody ever, you see how you mine for, for, for oil or what, I don't know why to say such a thing like mining for oil if it's like considered like the worst thing in the world. You have to dig into, the, you, have to, you have to dig into the earth and then it will come up and then it will come through. So Abraham, by his behavior, he was, he was carving out a path for us but now we know how to follow the path. We know how to walk that, you know, we know how to walk that, that as hard as it is to actually do it, to have to have been the first was really something that was very, very much like to a crush. Like an Asha moment, but an Avra moment. In a way that, mm. in a way, and, and I think the question for ourselves is, um, you know, th- th- Thank God, we are not asked to sacrifice our children. Baruch Shem, that was a good one. You know, sometimes you know, <laughs> but uh, but I think like in life, there are times that there is something that we intellectually know that we want to do. It's something that's good for us. Maybe even emotionally, we sort of know it as well, and yet we just can't pull it together on a consistent basis to do what it is that we know 
that we want to do and that we know that's good for us, mm-hmm. right? And, and maybe the place of reading, this is, again, this is my interpretation of the parsha. You, you do have to accept my challenge. But maybe the, the place of reading about Avraham's test, this is not Yitzchak's test, this is Avram's test to go out of his comfort zone, to go out of his, go against his grain, to do something that Hashem is asking him to do. And when we are perhaps faced with a place of hardship, struggle, getting to where it is that we know we want to do, you know, like Gloria said, to tap into an Avraham moment, not a Nachshu moment, because here we're up, to the, we're up to the Avram situation and say, we can do it. It's already been done. The path to move forward through something very hard has already been blazed for us. So this looks a little bit different, you know? And, and, and to live with a place in the serious Nefesh of giving up something or going into something is very different than a one-shot, you know, go out and go out in, in, in a blaze, right? And much harder to live in that space in the serious Nefesh. But the path has already been cut out for us and shown for us and that for us to be able to walk into that should then be a little bit easier in order to tap into that space of that, of getting to that space that's just so, just a little bit out of our fingertips, just yeah. to do that extra stretch and that extra bit to be able to do that, um, that, that, that should be you know, something that we, we are able to do. And our Haftorah for the second day is from Jeremiah. And um, and it talks about it talks about Hashem um, having mercy on us and bringing us back. At the end of that Haftorah, talks about Rachel crying for her children, and Hashem promising that all of her children will come back to their borders, and they will you know this was when the Jews were going out to to exile, um, and and. Um, So yeah, we went to we went to Rachel, So we already we did that last you know last week I think or two weeks ago we did that. Um, so the end. So this so the haftarah the second day really is again at the end like if you would say what was the highlight and maybe I'm only seeing this because I'm a woman, but the highlight of the second the second haftarah is Rachel crying on behalf of her children, and Hashem answering her prayer answering her prayers and saying that there is there is hope for the future and the children will come back and everything you know we will have it. So I, I want to give us a bracha. First of all, I don't know if anybody's noticed, there's like a, a really powerful thread of, of Jewish women going through yeah. a lot of our readings. Yeah. A lot of our readings going on over here. We've got a lot of powerful yeah. Jewish like women going on. the course of yes. history. Yes. Advocating for their children. Yes. Yeah. Yes. A lot of advocating for their children. A lot of um, standing up to what they see should happen rather than what is happening. Yes. Yes. Real stuff. Real stuff. Asking for real stuff. And so, so first of all, I want to give us a bracha that we step into our skin as powerful Jewish women. Um, it's it's sometimes easier to be anonymous. Um, it demands less of us. But I want to give us a bracha as we go into this new year that we, we step into the power that we have as Jewish women, that we take the time to think about what it is that we need to serve Hashem in the fullest way um, and to be able to be brave enough to ask for that. Mm-hmm. And that we should really, we should just have the most beautiful, amazing, reveal good. We should 
I keep saying this, and then somebody's like, that's a weird bracha. I'm like, I don't think it's such a weird bracha. I'm like, I'm not so complicated. I am a, I'm not as sophisticated as you would like to think that I could appreciate the good hidden behind this situation. Give me, give all of us, Abishir, give all of us plain, old, boring, easy to appreciate good that we could look at and say, I got it, that's good, that's what I need for my way to Hashem, and really, all of us, all of us, all of Amiso, we should get our Get Out of Gullis tickets already. It's been... Get Out of Gullis. Get Out of right? Like, properly, <laughs> right? Get Out of Gullis tickets. And we should be able to really, really, truly celebrate um, in, in a world that is peaceful and holy and blessed and allows us to fulfill our potential as who we are and what we're meant to be. Have an awesome rest of the day. Thank you. Thank you.